Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Today's Thursday, September 22nd, because it's Thursday. We've got Dwayne Generalissimo Patterson with us here to break down the news of the day, the top stories, and uh, all the fun stuff that we didn't get to last night in his after show in the universe. Dwayne is the master of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-C.com, the troll-free web surfing experience for Q Hewitt fans and listeners. He's also a VIP contributor at Hot Air. And Dwayne, your latest piece is going up actually as we record this right now, going up at this very moment. How many pieces do I have to file before I become a VIP senior contributor or senior <laughs> columnist? What, what, or, 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 is that, or is that an age thing? What, what has to happen before? I mean, you, you are the boss, so I, I need to know what I've got to do to be promoted. Well, from, first off, from just I mean, rank and file VIP person to a to you know a, a senior VIP. Well, I, I think that there's a I think that there's a process here that involves you know Cayman's bank accounts ah, and, 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 and certain other concessions. I, I don't so even it's, know. What so, it's, so, so, so it's not it's not ability we're talking about. It's not uh, seniority. It's 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 flat out bribery. It's the it's the grift, man. It's the grift. I see. <laughs> so this is the new direction of hotair.com. This is no, this isn't the new direction of hot air. It's always this been is, the direction of is, hot air. No, this is the new compensation package for the managing editor. Of uh, hot I see. <laughs> I see. Um, um, there's no such thing as a VIP senior columnist. I just want to tell you that right off the bat before you, before I sell you the Brooklyn bridge, uh, I'll just, I'll just say right off the bat, there's no such thing. Well, where, 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 where do I apply to be? I mean, at some point, I mean, it's, honorifics you can you can dole those out in, in lieu of pay all the time if i'm the first one to apply for it i should get it uh, well i mean what else would you like to be called uh i mean hughes hughes a, a sort of a master of of coming up with uh titles uh so <laughs> well i don't need to be hot air master of the horse you know i i, I don't need anything like that okay. i just I, I, I just like senior senior vip commerce works well, I, I I don't know what to tell you there, Dwayne. The position doesn't exist, but hey, you know you can call yourself whatever you like. Uh, the okay. pay is the same. <laughs> well, exactly the same. Uh, I don't know what to say. But uh, the 2024 case for and against Donald Trump is Dwayne's latest VIP column. Uh, let's talk about that just a little bit. I mean, I obviously sure. people to dive into it as VIP members, but. Um, Tell us a little bit about what you're doing here in, in terms of what the series is. And, um, and so the, the concept is based loosely on Hughes tactics when it comes to or when it came to the 20 election and when it comes to the 24 election. Hugh wants to position himself into being a debate moderator. And so and he did do a bunch of debates with CNN in the last uh, cycle. And. In order to do that, you can't really be a homer for any one candidate. All have to be welcome. You've got to essentially become a resident of, of political Switzerland, right? And um, that's what I'm going to try and do here is I'm going to look at all the front-running candidates or the potential people. That, I mean, they, we could have 30 people in the race, right? I mean, there's Asa Hutchinson is talking about getting into the race. Why, I have no idea. But he's, he's talking about running. 
Larry Hogan's talk, talking about running. Chris Christie's hinting it as so he's going to run. Doug Ducey, the specter of him is out there. Glenn right. Youngkin, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, uh, Ted Cruz. Um, you know, Mike Lee has hinted about it in the past. I don't know if he's so serious about it this time or not. But, you know, and that's that's not even withstanding Donald Trump. And so I'm thinking if you are not like you and I are just steeped in this stuff, marinating in, in politics day in and day out and all the inner nuances, you're going to be kind of coming to uh, the political fold as this cycle happens. And as soon as this uh, midterm cycle ends, we immediately are into the primary season. Right. Um, you know, Iowa does their thing in in uh, in, in the early part of the year. They're, they are still jockeying to go first. Um, there's going to be debates all over the place, even before the first um, caucus and and um, and primary votes. And all I was trying to do was come up with a series where in one space, every leading potential GOP contender, you can make the objective case for them and the objective case against them. When I did the Ron DeSantis one, I had a bunch of people in the in the comment section saying, oh, the negatives, there's way too many negatives. Those are actually positives. I, I don't care. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like Tommy Lee Jones in, in, in The Fugitive, right? I, I don't care. My whole point is whether you like them or you don't like them, if you like them, these are still going to be the hits that are going to come against them that you better have a good answer for. If you don't like the guy, these are all the things that uh, people are going to are tout as as this person's record as what he can run on. You're going to have to be able to counter that if you want to ding him. I mean, it's just it's just a repository for the the good points and the bad points as objectively as I can make that case without tipping my hand about who my preference personally is. Uh, they're going in random order. I mean, they're, they're being published out of order from when I actually wrote them. So, I mean, they're right. totally scrambled. There's there's no preference or favoritism going on here. No, um, I, 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 in fact, I'm the person that's making the decision as to which ones to run. When. Right. So which is which is which is totally fine by me, um, yeah. you know, because because each one's kind of a standalone. Um, right. It, exactly. And, and that's and that's the whole point. You know, I've got uh, we, we did Ron DeSantis already. Donald Trump is going to go up today. I've got Ted Cruz in the can because uh, he's definitely going to run. Um, I'm pretty confident Glenn Youngkin's got to get in. Uh, get in. I may do him next. Mike Pompeo is almost certainly going to get in. Um, Tom Cotton almost certainly is going to get in. Chris Christie almost certainly is going to get in. So there's I mean, more likely than Christie or Cruz, but because I think Cotton is for sure getting in. Oh, Cotton uh, for sure is getting in. I I, yeah. I promise you, I will make you a, a gentleman's wager now that Ted Cruz is getting in. There is an unwritten rule or 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 history with the Republican Party. Whoever finishes second in a primary is usually the front runner in the next one. There's some exceptions to the rule. Right. Well, Donald Trump was the one exception. Actually. Donald Trump was the exception. But, uh, you know, John McCain finished second to George W. Bush. He became the nominee in 2008. Uh, Mitt Romney was the um, last man was, standing, really. When, when, you know, when came. But, but but still, he became the nominee afterwards. Right. Ronald Reagan was the was the second uh, choice to 
uh, Gerald Ford in 76. He became the nominee in 1980. We've, we've George got H. W. Of, George, George H. H. W. Bush. George H. W. Bush. So we've got kind of a long record. There's there's many examples where um, the Republican Party, good, bad, or indifferent, they have a it's his turn thing that we have done quite a bit. Um, you 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 go through the process. You learn the ropes of how to actually run a presidential campaign. You come that close, but you miss. You're kind of perceived to be the front runner next time. And Ted Cruz has been on the stage several different times, reminding people of that tradition. Right. He's he's going to run. I mean, he's going to yeah. run. I I'm actually not convinced that Cruz is going to run, but it's still worth running doing a rundown on Cruz. I and mean, that's actually that's actually pending. And I, I will roll these out as they as they come along. But uh, we, the one for Cruz is in the can already. Uh, sure. It's going to be a great series. And if you're a VIP member, you get a chance to to read all of Dwayne's thoughts on these. And these are really good. They're almost like uh, scorecards, like, you know, how you'd score it's, baseball it's, games, That's right? exactly. In fact, I think in one of the columns I talk about it, it's, it's, it's like what you used to get uh, before you went to, you know, when you went to the ballpark before the game started, you used to buy the program, right? You used to, right. That, you know, that had, you, you wrote the lineup. So you, you keep score during the game and see who all the players were. You have the program guide. Um, we don't really do that as much uh, at baseball games anymore, but that's what this is going to be so that when the debates actually do take place, you can kind of see you got all in one place who the, who the cast of characters are if you don't know them already in advance. That's right. That's exactly right. So that's what's, that's what's up today from um, Dwayne in, v, in the VIP space. Let's talk about a couple of the top stories today. Um, I want to get to Russia. So let's just say we're going to talk about Russia because what happened in Russia uh, over the last 24 hours, very significant, I think, uh, and not in a good way for Russia. But um, but before we go there, <laughs> we got to talk about this Axios report this morning. I've already written wild. about this. It's going to go up after your post goes up. This, <laughs> this is we've already been talking about how brilliant the, the busing migrants to Washington, D.C., New York City. Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, I mean, again, I'm not playing favorites on this. Um, right. I do I do esteem him quite highly. Well, I, you, have, I, you have to credit Abbott and, and Ducey on this as well. Ab absolutely. I, and, yeah. and, and I adore all, I mean, we've got a tremendous potential field of Republican people that are going to run. So I'm, so I'm not playing favorites here. But Ron DeSantis, if you just look at the actual political tactics of this, uh, the, 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 the naysayers, the, the people on the left that were complaining about, oh, where's his Christian, where's his Christian attitude on this? He's treating these people like cattle. He's, he's treating them as inhumane. You know, the left is all of a sudden rediscovering their, their inner Christianity, which I just find just, you know, fascinating that they're, they're, they're trying to make that claim now when Joe Biden is busing and, and planning these people all over the, you know, the Southwest without any, any thought or any repercussions. Nobody's challenging Joe Biden's Christianity over this. Right. Um, but look what, Ron, look what Ron DeSantis did by taking 50 people and dumping them in Martha's Vineyard. The, <laughs> the, the illegal immigration issue while being a, a, a definitely an issue that Ted Cruz, I mean, Ted Cruz, dear, God love him. He's been standing on the Senate floor and holding press conferences in the Senate for six months on this. And I mean, he has been just you know, going to the border, leading delegations to the border, trying to get media outreach on this. 
Right. And it's been going nowhere. I mean, right. you know, we we on the right watch it. We, you know, Hider watches it. You know, Hugh Hewitt show. I'll play the clips on. Lily Rosas. Lily Rosas goes to the border. Sure. You know, Fox's spell Malugan is. is but it's not. Border. But it's not breaking out to the American public as a campaign issue as as a thing. Well, Ron, DeSantis, <laughs> Ron, Ron DeSantis um, sends fifty people like a like a dart to to Martha's Vineyard, and I mean he hit bullseye. Well, he that's hit all bullseye, of a sudden but, now an issue. But here's and, and what Axios found. Axios went to Google, and what what Axios actually found was that uh, the search rate for abortion has plummeted, <laughs> but the search rate for border issues has skyrocketed, skyrocketed. now. That's that. That's two things that that are going on. Number one, Democrat strategists are absolutely diving out the window over that news. Steve Kornacki, we talked about this last night in the after show. Steve Kornacki, who is a fine political analyst for NBC News, yes, and go, goes over the charts and goes over the the stats and the data, and he's not afraid to go to a left wing audience and say, "Oh, guys, this ain't going so well." He did that this week by showing that in an NBC News poll that Republicans are um, showing the lead on three issues, crime, the economy, and immigration over Democrats yep. by a two-to-one margin in an, NBC, in an NBC poll. And he's, you know, Kornacki's out there saying, um, if the election's on these issues... Democrats are going to get they're going to get shellacked. Yeah, they're going to get clobbered. And and what's what this is reinforcing is the fact that this has now become a top tier issue among people who are paying attention. Right. I mean, people who are even people who aren't paying attention. I, I guess you could say that this is actually this is actually penetrating to the non-paying attention crowd because these are the people who need to Google this. To which, find is the brilliance, which is the brilliance of Ron DeSantis. He is Ron DeSantis. Now Abbott, here's here's the reason why I say Abbott first. Abbott, yeah, Ron DeSantis sent a flight of 50 uh, immigrants to Martha's Vineyard, which was brilliant. Um, but Ron DeSantis, excuse me, uh, Greg Abbott sent them to Washington, D.C. and New York City, the two media centers. Absolutely. He sent, he sent them to Chicago. He, he, he's, he's done this longer but first, than... But first to Washington, D.C. and to New York City, which is where yes. the media lives. Right. They were, forced, they were forced to cover this because the uh, because, first off, the city governments there freaked out. Right. They were like, oh, my God, we've got 700 migrants on three buses. What, you know, this is horrible. This is we're not set up for this. Well, and 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 they did. But again, uh, I would I would say that even with Abbott doing it first and God love him for doing so. Yeah, I I think it didn't have the same breakthrough factor. I think I think the I think the final... I, I will say this: I don't think it had the same entertainment value, because the Martha's been your episode was the really reason. The reason DeSantis pulled this off and really kicked over the wall here and 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 brought the House of Cards down and now. Now, you know, now that, you know, you can't stick your, if you're media, you, you don't have enough fingers to stick in the dike anymore, right? Um, what, what the Santas did was entered a troll factor into this that Greg Abbott hadn't quite pulled off yet. He, yeah. he was tactically smart, 
you know, dumping them on the Naval Observatory lawn. That was a great touch by Abbott. I, I, I yeah. adored that because later that day, Kamala Harris is at the White House giving a speech. She finishes the speech, leaves the audience and the reporters in the back and stopped Kamala Harris and asked her, so what about the illegals that were on your front lawn this morning? And for the first time in my adult life, she shut her pie hole and walked away. It was like, I didn't think that was possible, but it happened. I didn't think right? it was either. I, I really honestly so, don't think that was so possible. So Abbott's, Abbott's not a, you know, not above being able to, to pull this kind of a stunt off as well. But DeSantis right. just had that extra, that extra creative touch to do it in a way that it just got media so hyperbolic and the left so on their, you know, in high dudgeon on, on hypocrisy that it was a masterful troll job. It just was. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think the combined efforts of all of this have really forced this um, to become a top tier issue and abortion to fade into the background. And, and I think part of this is because of something that I think that, uh, that I've said for quite some time, which is that what's really going to matter in the midterms are the daily lived experiences of Americans, right? And the daily lived experiences of Americans are what? Crime, economy, inflation, especially. Food uh, prices, gas prices, gas prices ener energy prices. Energy, kind of energy access, right? Energy access. What, what have we just spent the last month doing? Going through uh, some rolling blackouts going through uh, uh, energy rationing. You had uh, well, energy, en energy. I mean, have you looked at your electric bill lately? I mean, it's yeah. well. I mean, I mean, we mentioned energy prices, but I'm talking about actual energy rationing where you couldn't sure. even access it the sure. way that you would normally want to access it. Those are the daily lived experiences, not abortion. Abortion is not a daily lived experience. And the you can people argue. that care about the abortion issue, the people that care about that are single issue voters primarily that we're already gonna vote Democrat anyway, whether Dobbs came down or not. Right. The difference is, of course, that immigration has a much wider <laughs> range among multi-issue voters. It's important. And what they've been being told by the media, by, um, by their uncritical coverage of White House claims that the border is secure, is that this isn't actually a problem. Well, now they're showing up in places like Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York City, Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> and, it, and if it's I mean, not a if it's not a problem, if if the White House spin is correct and Joe Biden is saying, well, it's not a crisis, it's not a problem. Why did he all of a sudden have to call a press conference this week to address it? Right. Because, well, Ron, did, because Ron DeSantis pulled the stunt. Why did Martha's Vineyard um, opt to have a military deportation of immigrants from their from their enclave within 48 hours of their arrival these these <laughs> people just are brilliant. these these people are now residents of a of a uh, military prison camp on uh, on on point uh, where, where are they at they're 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 at uh, joint joint base cape cod i think or somewhere yeah i think joint base cape cod i think that's right and um and look i mean part of the reason why this is going on is because the media can't shut up about Ron DeSantis and to a lesser extent, Greg Abbott and Doug Ducey, right? They can't shut up about him. They keep talking about this. They keep talking about how awful it is, how he should be charged with kidnapping. They, 
and, keep turning this thing back up to the top. And, and so by and, yeah. and so by doing that, the 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 voting public that is now awakened after Labor Day because we're now in that season where everybody's like, oh, I guess we better pay attention to what's going on. Yep. And I'm hearing all this stuff about how Ron DeSantis is is Satan incarnate. But wait a minute, what what did he actually do again? Why why are these people in the country anyway? People are asking. Right. And how is this different than Joe Biden putting him on airplanes and sending him to places like Florida? <laughs> I mean. This it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same issue. It's 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 just delicious to watch now. And 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 the abortion thing again, the Democrats, we talked about this last night as well. There's only two things that the Democrats are running on this 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 election cycle in, in the midterms. There really are only two things. Mm-hmm. One of them is Donald Trump is evil. Uh, right. You know, uh, By the way, what else did it push off? The what else did it push off the 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 uh, top tier? It pushed Trump off the top tier too. Yes. Right. So, although, although I got to say, Trump might not be very happy about that one. I'm sure <laughs> the he's. I'm, the rest of the Republicans are probably very happy about that. I, I'm sure he's not. So, so Trump's all of a sudden not even talking about the immigration issues. He's he's trying to. He, he's he's now in a, in a in a war with Letitia James. He he, I mean he's he, he's yeah. got legal troubles uh, now. So that's 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 sideburner stuff to me. But the the only thing the Democrats had to go on that Nancy Pelosi thought was going to keep the House, that Chuck Schumer thought's going to keep the Senate, was we're going to get that son of a bitch Donald Trump. And number two, the Dobbs decision. And everybody was going to yeah. rally and everybody was going to vote the Dobbs decision. And that was going to be the only thing that was our ticket to to uh, to hold the line for the next two years. The problem is the abortion thing has run out of gas. It yeah, just yeah. has because everybody's everybody's got an opinion on it now. And it's going through the state process just like it's supposed to go. I'll I'll, I'll show you how how tired of, a, of an argument the abortion thing is can you can you let me uh, uh share my screen i can let me just uh do a quick thing here uh we'll do this and then we'll, we got to get to russia at some point here and, too. And that's, that's fine that's fine this this will this will be quick um there is a uh there is a governor race you'll be surprised to learn down in in georgia right um, it's not much of a race because, well, uh, Stacey Abrams is going to get crushed by um, Brian Kemp, but yeah. nevertheless, there is a race down there, right? Oh, did you hear about Stacey Abrams saying that a, a fetal heartbeat at six weeks is just a manufactured? That's sound? what oh, I want to play for. Oh, I'm sorry, I blew it. I'm sorry, I thought you're you going step, to that. You, you, you know, you stepped on my lead. This is this is the abortion. This is what argument. happens when you don't do. This is what happens when you don't do show prep. <laughs> yes, and this is this is the this is the the uh, the 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 new argument for uh, all abortion all the time from Stacey Abrams, who is a medical expert uh, and a global conspiracist, apparently. Here is what she thinks right here. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. It's a manufactured sound, says Stacey Abrams. It, there is no such thing as a as a fetal heartbeat at six weeks. It is a manufactured sound, which means 
everywhere in the world, every medical expert in the world is faking a heartbeat. There is a global conspiracy of, of, of obstetricians um, that are that have, have conspired together to create a fake heartbeat sound that they share yeah. everywhere on ultrasounds. Yeah. Yeah. And that's maybe the craziest thing I have ever heard a candidate say. It's it's really insane. It's really insane. I'm, I have it up in the headlines for later today, but I might actually still write about that one. That is ass hat crazy. Yeah, David Strong might have written about it. I see that he's just, he's putting up a post about uh, something from the Today Show uh, where they accidentally proved that a, a fetus is actually a human being. Um, I haven't seen the post yet, but I saw the headline. I'm so- so if that's the argument they're trying to make, that the fetal heartbeat bill is is a fraud because there's no such thing as a fetal heartbeat. Yeah. Well, that's apparently what they're going to argue, but we'll see. Okay. Um, now, now, I understand that. How many Americans are going to believe that? Oh. Rank, rank and file Americans. A few, a few, but not many, you know. Not really very many. No, not really very many. All right, Dwayne, we got to talk a little bit about Russia. We got a few minutes left here. Yes. Um, Vladimir Putin announced a full mobilization, which has now been clarified to say up to 1 million men for uh, the uh, for the Ukraine war. Kremlin has been letting Can, uh, cannon fodder across the country. Well, it's first off, it's cannon fodder. Secondly, they don't have the equipment for <laughs> they don't have the equipment for another 100,000 men, let alone. Uh, a million men. They're going to have to dust off World War II era stuff in order to equip these guys because they're simply out of uh, out of equipment. They're leaving it behind on the battlefield at the moment. Right. Um, they don't have the armor. Well, we, we saw that we saw that months ago. How how many tanks are 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 you are Ukrainians driving around in that are Russian tanks? Well, how many tanks are Ukrainian farmers hauling around on their tractors? Right? Exactly out of the field so they can so they can plow the ground. Uh, and most of the ones that they're capturing now are functional or almost functional. They just need a little bit of rehab and, and the Ukrainians are just adding them to their own stores. And don't forget that the Ukrainian military was oriented towards Soviet era equipment in the first place. So they know how to work on these things. Sure. Um, so two things I think come out of this. There's a, a, the Institute for the Study of War, which is at understandingwar.org. Great resource. I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, they make a really interesting point. There was, you know, Putin sort of rattled the nuclear saber yesterday, uh, but they make the point that he was kind of careful in doing that in terms of casting it as strictly defensive and not even really tying it to the areas of Ukraine that he wants to annex. I think the idea here uh, to the West is just to remind him that remind us that he's a nuclear power, but I think the I think that that speech, and especially the nuclear saber rattling, was intended for the domestic audience to, to call back to mind the so-called greatness of the Soviet area of Russia, Russian imperialism. And if that's the case, man, this thing is a failure. People are trying to stampede out of Russia at the moment, and they're now actually going into the streets to protest over the mobilization. I mean, this is uh, you know, Richard Engel had um, had a segment um, on the Today Show this morning uh, where they played, you know, a couple of Moscow all the way across the country. There are there are, are widespread protests of people in the streets saying enough of this. Well, that's because they know that the mobilization is going to start coming from Moscow and St. Petersburg, 
and Yekaterinburg, which it hadn't up to this point in time, because for the most part, they've been trying to avoid getting too many ethnic Russians <laughs> on the front lines of Ukraine. They've been looking to the uh, outer reaches of the of the Russian um it's not really an empire anymore. I don't even know what you call it. The Russian Federation is Federation. The, yeah. Yeah, we'll call it the Russian Federation. Um, but if they're gonna if they're gonna mobilize another million men, it, a lot of that's gonna have to come out of Moscow, it's gonna have to come out of St. Petersburg, it's gonna have to come out of Yekaterinburg, it's gonna have to come out of places where ethnic Russians are are dominant. And I think the ethnic Russians got a big huge whiff of the humiliation that russia is currently so, getting in ukraine for the maybe for the first time for some of them are understanding that putin's losing this thing so if ukraine um flanks crimea and seals off the concentration of russian troops in crimea and and seals yeah. that off that's pretty much about game over for russia as far as trying to do anything in ukraine but then what you have is if if Putin's speech was meant to be a, a rallying cry appealing to the patriotism and hearkening back to the good old days of, of, uh, of the empire, of the, of, the, of the Soviet Union, and you know, we're a nuclear power, you know, we, can, we can destroy the West. I mean, we, we've always had the ability to destroy the West. Um, if he thought that speech was gonna rally everybody to him, uh, one, you know, one last big roundup, and the and the last big roundup is just open, you know, riding in the streets, open protests in the streets, and people trying to you know leave the country any way possible. Where does he go from there? I mean, what's, uh, well, what's uh, he's got no place to go. I think that's the problem. Um, I mean, he's really kind of in a box canyon at this point. Well, I think what he was doing was he's pandering to the mill bloggers that he was that he had sort of, um, uh, you know pushed forward as the front line of his propaganda um, campaign, because the mill bloggers started to get very irate about Russian losses in eastern Ukraine, southeastern Ukraine. Right. And he's pandering to them by saying, oh, yeah, we're going to throw another million men at this. And because these people are annihilationists, right? The people the people who are, are talking about this are all annihilationists. And First off, it's completely unrealistic. As ISW points out, it would take months, months to mobilize that uh, anywhere near that many men. And there's, and like I said before, you can't equip them. They're not trained. They can't be trained because the people that you would normally use to train them are already on the front lines or are dead <laughs> because they were on the front lines. What they've got left is not enough to to train and affect the so so if you're so if you're Putin, you or, or if you're analyzing Putin, you really come down to one of two conclusions of of where he's going to go when when it continues to go south on him. One, he is a total nihilist and and a and a and a anarchist basically, and looks at um, I, I you know Russia's not going to die on my watch with all these candles left unlit. He's going right. to light them on the way out because if I'm doomed anyway, and we've got this nuclear stockpile, I'm not going to let Russia completely fall without a without even having had a chance to 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 see what these things can do. So you got that mentality, and then the other mentality is at some point, at some point. He can't keep control of the country just with an iron fist, with just a handful of key people. At some point, they will brutus them. I mean, at some point, 
at some point he will just cease to be. He will just disappear and somebody will say, I'm now in charge. He's going to fall victim to the Moscow window flu. To, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's at some he's, point the oligarchs are going to are going to have enough. I mean, I think a lot of this speech they're, yesterday they're going to pull a was for the oligarchs, right? or yeah, you know, yeah. who was the yeah who who were the ones that died of colds <laughs> in the 1980s? Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they were assisted. Was it was assisted was, Andropov, was Andropov one of them? I think Andropov was one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think Andropov was one of them. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, some some Chernyanko, magic... Chernyanko, I think was in it. Konstantin Chernyanko, wasn't he one of them too? I I think so too. Um, but yeah, there's there's going to be a malady that that suddenly strikes uh, Vladimir Putin, and it may have something to do with gravity. <laughs> the Moscow window flu, like I yes. said. Yes. Um. So all right, I I, I think what happens here is that. Putin's looking for an edge to get a negotiated end to this thing. And I think he's talking about nukes and he's talking about uh, mobilizing another million men and annexation and all this as a means to force Ukraine to the table. Ukraine's not biting. The West isn't biting. Um, I think especially, he's especially when Ukraine sees Crimea in, in their reach again. Well, right. Uh, by the way, here's another fun fact. Apparently, the Russians have pulled their submarines out of Crimea. So, I wonder why that might be. <laughs> I wonder why that might be. Yeah, right. I wonder why that might be. Um, so if 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 Crimea is now going to be kind of defenseless, and they're they're not going to be able to hold that ground that they took, um, you know, it's it's it, it's it's an unmitigated disaster for Putin. I mean, there yeah. there's no there's no way to spin it. There's just a, there's there's no way to spin it as a as a as a detente as a well we 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 showed them didn't we he got we we lost I'm trying to we lost, uh, we had fifty thousand casualties in the twenty years of of war in Afghanistan and Iraq something like that uh, killed and and injured some something something like that we had fifty thousand. No, I don't, like, that, I don't think it was that high, was it? It might have been, but I didn't. It, and it was that inclu high. Including wounded? Oh, including wounded. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you say casualties, I'm thinking, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, ta I'm talking injured and, and or killed. No, that, that probably is about right. They're, they've had 50,000 killed, according to Ukrainian estimates, since the in, war in, here. In, in six months. Yeah. Se well, seven months now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's horrific, the, the losses they've sustained. Well, that's and and I mean that's not including the people who've been running, <laughs> who took off yeah. their uniforms have been running for the border. You know they're doing the Taco Bell dance out in, <laughs> out in southeastern Ukraine. These guys are making a run for the border, um, uh, hiding their uniforms and trying to get back across into Russia, uh, so remember, that the locals and, don't kill and, them. And remember what the whole pretense of this stupid war was, and we knew it was a BS pretense at the time, but Vladimir Putin's stated pretense was we can't afford a, a, an encroaching NATO on our border and having Ukraine eventually join NATO, which they were not going to do. I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, it's They've been discussed, but yeah, nobody was really serious about there, pursuing there, that. There was, there was nothing serious about it, but, but he didn't want a, a Ukraine joined, uh, joining NATO right on his border. So what does he have? He's got, 
Finland and Sweden on his border that are that are now NATO which by states. the way are still open borders because a whole lot of people from St. Petersburg are lining up to get across the Russian border desperately Finland. to get into Finland. Yeah. They don't need a visa either. They can just right. go right into Finland. So yeah. so it's it, the whole thing has just been an, uh, just a debacle. <laughs> utter, utter, utter debacle. Um, all right. Speaking of things that are not debacles. What's coming up on tomorrow's Hugh Hewitt show, Dwayne Janellismo Patterson? Well, as of now, um, I think we have, well, we will have a conversation with Larry Arn. We usually do on Fridays. That's always kind of a fun thing. Um, then we also have, let me look at my calendar. This calendar? is this is Dwayne's show prep, by the way, for tomorrow. Yeah, this yeah this is this is my uh, this is my show prep. Um, I think we have I think we have uh, either Herschel Walker on tomorrow, or we have um, Adam Laxalt on tomorrow. We're, we we keep we keep running through the Senate candidates. Um, right, right. We just had uh, we just had Blake Masters on today. Um, Blake Masters said. Uh, he kind of tipped his hand too, as far as what their internals are showing. Now, it, it, it obviously, you know, candidates are at this stage of the game; they're going to do happy talk. But he says, he says we're tied. He says we're we're in a dead heat right now. We've closed yeah. the gap down to a to a to a toss up. All the directions moving towards Blake Masters. Remember, in, in most polling a month ago, two months ago, he was down outside of margin error. He was down five six, right? Right it's 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 a it's a pick em right now so that again it, no poll is is reliable other than it shows a direction in a trend and if you look at every poll that we've seen thus far um it, in every important uh congressional senate or gubernatorial race the movement's been towards the republicans in the last three to four weeks everything yeah. is closing republicans way and I think with the likely voter models being applied, you're going to just really start seeing that in overall polling too. And the Axios thing, just to cycle back where we started, the Axios yeah. thing just shows it. I mean, if you look at what what is piquing people's interest right now, the issues that people care about, it's not the issues the Democrats are running on. It's the issues the Republicans are running on. It's just, yep. it's closing the right way. Yeah. Republicans finally wised up. I guess that's the I guess that's the lesson. All right, you can find out more tomorrow on the Hugh Hewitt show starting at 6 a.m. Eastern time, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, 3 a.m. on the left coast. And if you're a member of the Huniverse, which you should be by now, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com, the troll-free web surfing experience for Hugh Hewitt fans and listeners, you can actually watch the Hugh Hewitt show unfold on your very screens. If not, though, you can listen to it on your AM radio dial. Dwayne, what should people do if they can't find it on the AM radio dial? Well, I think you, uh, you, you, you just have to resort to bribery, right? And, 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 and the bribery like that's is... that's VIP senior column, this thing, right? Yeah, well, no, it's, it's different. You go into a GM's <laughs> office of uh, where we belong, and you offer them two first-class tickets on a Russian airline to the destination of their choice. <laughs> because because those are the hottest tickets in town. I'm, I'm, I'm those I'm, are the hottest know. tickets in all of uh all of the airline industry right now are tickets out of Russia. Actually, Russian airlines have been ordered to stop selling tickets to men from the ages of 18 to 65. That's was, just astounding to me. 
65. 65-year-olds, they, they want to draft and, and stick on the front lines. Right. I'd, I'd be eligible for the draft if I was Russian. That's, uh, that, that that's, how, that's, that's, how, that's how bad things are there. That's how desperate they are. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> that does show how desperate they are. You know, you could also offer to send them to Martha's Vineyard. I was going to suggest that. but I see that too. Yes. Yeah, that, that would be a pretty good bribe. Get a get wined and dined, and then you get the military to deport you after 48 hours. And that, that's a hell of a, hey, it's, hey, it's a hell of a vacation. That 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 is that is a weekender that you will remember for the rest of your life. You will never forget this experience, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Martha's Vineyard, complete with deportation, military deportation, no less. All right. Dwayne generally smell Patterson. Go plug your VIP column. It's up right now uh, on uh, hotair.com. And uh, we'll talk again next week. You got it. Sounds good. All right, folks, stay tuned for just a little bit more from the Ed Morrissey Show coming up next. Thank you for watching or listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and through the Town Hall Media Player, or you can just come to hotair.com and watch my podcast for free. However, I'd also love to have you join us as members of our VIP and VIP Gold programs. That allows us to defeat the stranglehold that big tech has on information and get you the best information that we possibly can. Plus, we have a lot of new value-added content coming to us from Town Hall Media uh, stars and my good friend Adam Baldwin. He and I are doing the video series, The Amiable Skeptics. It's one hour of discussion a week strictly for our VIP and VIP Gold members. Plus, we have our VIP Gold Chat with Kem Edwards every Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. We'd love to have you as members. Be sure to join up. Thanks again for watching the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. <laughs>